0: This is the official Remember the Alamo Dome podcast, where we'll both recall epic moments and celebrate the vibrant future of the Alamo Dome. From world-famous concerts to championship sporting events, we'll highlight the exciting stories that have entertained millions over three decades and the stories that will entertain millions more in the years to come. Download, save, and share remember the Alamodome. A special thank you to our Alamodome sponsors, HEB, Pepsi, and G5 Signage. And now, here are your hosts, Richard Oliver, Tito Caballero, and Chris Flores.
1: It's a great opportunity for us to get together again, talk about the past, the present, and uh, the future of the Alamodome, this wonderful, wonderful stadium in downtown San Antonio. And I'm Richard Oliver. I'm the... uh, uh, the host, uh, the, the the captain of this ship, and uh, and of course. Uh the, the great Victor Caballero, the marketing manager of the Alamo Dome. Yeah, I'm just pushing buttons over here, guys.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and social media influencer, Chris Flores. And, and when I say influencer, I mean influencer. <laughs> this is a man that, that, uh, that stirs the drink in San Antonio. He knows the best way to your heart is through your stomach. Exactly. So we are so excited on this chapter of Remember the Alamo Dome that we brought in Wade Phillips, the head coach of the San Antonio Brahmas. Wade Hey,
3: welcome right. <laughs> sir. Yeah. So. Glad to be here.
1: You bet. So we were talking about walk-up songs, and so this is why we uh, Victor's playing a little ACDC, <laughs> So we were all trying to figure out what what would be our walk-up song when we come into it. <laughs> so we're kind of wondering when you come out onto the onto the sideline, uh, is there a particular song that you'd like us to play? Oh, for? Mm,
3: I don't know. Something about winning. I know that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: all I do is
1: win, win, win. All, <laughs> all I do is win. <laughs> yeah, but... Wade, it's, it's wonderful. And hey, for for Wade to get here to tell everybody. Flat tire. Uh, you know, <laughs> did you make your wife Lori
3: go out and change that? Or no, you, there... no, and it didn't have spare. That was a problem. So. Oh my
1: God! Okay. Did you have one of those newfangled where you have to put the inject the junk in it and.
2: Roll no, it. That's what no. My, no. It just, I just had
3: to get a new tire. No, <laughs> oh. oh,
2: that's a bummer.
1: That's yeah. my car. Is is when you have a flat tire, you have to you have to do the the little canister. Yeah, they don't even have a they don't have a spare in my car. It's this craziest thing. So what I do basically is pray. I just never have a flat tire. Right. <laughs> We're glad you made it. Uh, yeah,
3: coach.
1: me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Wade, you obviously we talked a little bit before we came on the air. The, the Alamo Dome obviously has hosted a lot of football over the years, and you've been a big part of that. I mean, people don't realize when you were head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, training camp was here. I don't know if people remember that. I think two thousand seven, eight, right. nine, right in that yeah. in that time.
3: Yeah.
1: Tell us a little bit about those memories of being in the dome and and uh, and football under the under the canopy here.
3: Well. Uh the, the people, I mean, the, the stadium was packed when we came. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, we we're working out every day, you know, and twice a day. And I don't know how many thousands of people came, but uh, and more than I've seen any training camp. And I was with the Cowboys for several years. And and uh, just the the people that were interested and came over and watched practice. And, What's a boring practice, but, <laughs> but they showed up. So uh, that was my, I mean, and especially the weekends. You know, the weekend when we came in and practice right. on the weekend. Man, this place was packed, and they were cheering for. I mean, it it excited the players. You know, because you know you don't normally practice it kind of gets boring after a while and players get tired but you know they're cheering every time a guy catches the ball I mean it's just like a game so. right so it was uh, yeah it was fun to practice
2: so this let me ask this since there were so many people here and you've coached for a lot of different teams who do you think's had the most I, w- I don't know I guess the most uh the best fans the biggest fanfare which team from all the organizations from all the organizations you've coached from
3: uh well i think the cowboys obviously and probably the pittsburgh steelers yeah. you know they they have the they they show up on the road more than any other team that i that i've been around or know about
1: I know. So one thing when you talk about those kind of fans, you talk about that kind of uh, fervor for football. Obviously, in San Antonio, one thing is it's the Cowboys, of course, which are, are the, the team here in San Antonio. But also, people love their football here. Oh, know? yeah. And so as we look forward, I know just a few weeks ago, you were preparing to be back with the Houston Roughnecks. And then uh, now, right. now here you are with the San Antonio Brahmas. <laughs> but you know this fan base and you know how excited they get about football and some of the things that happen here. Talk a little bit about that about what you'd like to see as far as uh the the yeah, we, here. you
3: know we played here last year uh, in fact, we had a triple overtime uh, uh, game or an overtime game uh here and the crowd was great uh you know it was against the roughnecks, but it was yeah. for the Bra- brahmas and and uh it made it really exciting that the people were really into the game. I think it helped their team we ended out winning the game, but uh but I'm excited about being there. This has always been the place that's, you know, it's a huge city, one of the, one of the great cities in, in the United States, not just Texas. And uh, uh, to have professional sport, they, they got the Spurs, you know. But having football here, I think, is, is really important
1: well you 've had uh, not only of course p- football here, but you 've been to the coaching convention when it 's been through oh, yeah. here before, so you 're very familiar with San antonio you 're a Texan I guess uh, growing up in port Natchez. and uh, you you know yeah. what this what this city 's all about are, are you,
3: you... Bet Port Natchez won the state championship this year if you didn't oh, they them. just had
1: to break that up <laughs> <laughs> no, that 's no, great and, and you know what the, the people the, your journey i mean if people could I invite everyone to to look up your journey because. Uh, you know, when we talk about football coaches, we talk about folks who, who, who love football, fan base and everything. You are the, the ultimate. You have been in so many places and experienced so many fan bases and so many, as, as Chris talked about a moment ago, all the different places that you've been in coach. You won a Super Bowl, you know, as a defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos uh, with, with my old Aggie buddy, Gary Kubiak. Yeah, you bet. And, uh, and, 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 but one of the things that's also very interesting is you were head coach of the Houston Texans. You were also head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, so you have a you have a very unique perspective. Obviously,
3: wow, uh, it's, you know I'm like Jerry was. I mean, it was disappointing. I think everybody was uh, everybody thought they were going to win. That's you know those are the worst kind. Right. You no know, expectations were so high, and they played uh, so well throughout the year. Although they did have lulls in the season, I thought you know they were looked like the best team in football, and then they lost to Arizona. Right, and then they went on and looked like the best team, and then they'd lose one that San Francisco, we didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, that happened to them several times, and ended up happened to them on the playoffs too. So it can happen. Obviously, that's why you know that's why we play the game to see see who wins.
1: Well, what's interesting is 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 the uh, one thing on the defensive side of the ball was where the Cowboys halfway through the season was probably the best defense in the game. Right. As the season wore on, it seemed like they wore down a little bit. And I don't know, we didn't see as much of Micah Parsons. You didn't see as much of, from the pass rush. You didn't see, wasn't much harassment happening. Uh, you've coached defenses for a long time. Did you notice anything as far as, I don't know how much you had a chance to watch those games, but uh, how that happens in the course of a season?
3: Yeah, I mean, you, it can certainly happen with any team. Some, sometimes it's injuries, you know. Sometimes you get key keep people hurt. Um, and then... Uh, you know part of it is the 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 game itself I mean after a while you're gonna you're gonna double parsons every time and make somebody else beat you you know uh things like that happen to him I think that uh, you know didn't happen earlier i mean they, after a while they say hey we're going not, not gonna let this guy beat us you know so um and he had a rough game, I think because yeah, they doubled him doubled him a lot during the game so um but you know, I, I had no idea what was going to happen, but we, you know, he, he didn't know, you uh, didn't know the Texans were going to win like they did against the Browns. I mean, you know.
1: Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. C.J. Stroud seems like he might be uh, awesome. a keeper.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was noticeable early in the year. He's he's uh, uh, he's he's a great young quarter, a great quarterback. Not just young. I mean, mm-hmm. for any quarterback, he's played as as good as. Uh, the top quarterbacks in the league, and and he's just a rookie. So, um, and one of the passes he threw in the game, um, where he rolled out and threw it to the opposite side of the field, way across the field. Now you have you have to have a great. I was with John Elway, and John Elway used to throw that pass, and I thought, wow, this guy can throw the same pass that John Elway threw. So that's a strong comparison. That's pretty impressive. Yeah.
2: You know, uh, everybody's really excited that you're here in San Antonio and and um, you've made a couple of announcements on the team already, uh, Landon being one of them. I'm just curious what, you know, your approach is to to uh, fostering a strong roster and building that team um, chemistry. Um, if you could just share a little bit about what that approach is and what your thought process is uh, to pull all that together.
3: Well, the good thing is we were able to keep a lot of the players off last year's team. I mean, um. Uh, uh, a lot of them are coming back, and we were able to pick the ones that we won, wanted from this team because they, they had a lot of good players. They didn't win all the games, obviously, but I, I think they were a missed field goal from beating Arlington, who won the championship. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, on the last play of the game. So, uh, so they had some good, they had some good talent, we thought. And like I say, we it took us, you know, overtime to beat them. So, uh, I like the the talent they had on the team. And then yeah. of course we added with a draft, we added some other players and, and expect to add some more. we left mm-hmm. 75 players and, and then we'll cut down to 45 when the season starts.
2: So coach, I have a question for you. All right. Uh, so coaches, coaches, they often have uh unique coaching styles, but they also have superstitions. <laughs> Do you have any uh, quirky uh, habits or rituals that you follow on game day?
3: Um, uh, I'm not superstitious, but if we do something <laughs> if we do something good one time and, and I'm yeah. wearing, uh, I, I'm not an underwear guy. I'm, okay. not, I'm not saying I wear underwear. You don't, I don't wear, wear, I know, you don't wear underwear? Not, <laughs> not, I, no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm saying I don't wear the same underwear <laughs> every week, no whether yeah, we win <laughs> or not. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but uh, I'm a little, you know, I, I, I'm not superstitious at all, really, but uh, it's kind of fun to talk about it. Yeah. You know? yeah.
1: You know what's interesting is when you when you you have coached in a lot of different places and you and you have that experience to 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 be in a lot of different places and I'm always curious as a coach you know to be fully invested where you are. I think, you know, we all, we all talk about uh, be, be where you are you yeah. know, and, and, and everything. I think when you, especially when you're coaching and when you're looking at your roster and, you're, and you're, you're putting together a team as you are, is it difficult to do that? Is it, is it difficult to, to say, okay, this, this season, this, this team, this roster, this, this moment, um, I have to be fully invested where I am?
3: Oh, I don't know about it. I I I'm fully invested. There's no pro, no problem there, you know. I I'm I'm I enjoy I love what I do. Mm-hmm. And so, uh to get the opportunity to do it, I certainly want to be invested in, it, you know, sure. and uh you know, and my wife will tell you I don't think about a whole a lot else especially <laughs> during the football season, so uh but uh you know, I I think obviously I think experience helps. You know i've been in a lot of situations seen a lot of different players see uh kind of have a feel for which players going to improve which player uh, is a, is the top of his game and that's that's all he can do you know uh so personnel wise i i think i help a lot there but um but you know we're going to have the best defense in the league we did last year and so um Although the the Brahmers had a good defense last year, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking forward to us taking the top of the league here in San Antonio on defense, and and we're going to open it up on offense. You know, we're going to be the air raid or or a, you know that that offense where we we throw the, we're going to run the football, but from that, but but we're gonna we're gonna be explosive on offense.
2: Well, that'll be fun. I think a lot of folks are, um, uh, you know, really uh, don't have access to somebody, you know, with your experience. I'm talking about coaches or aspiring coaches, aspiring football players, right? They don't get a chance to have a conversation with you. And with this podcast, one of the things we try to do is, you know, just share, share, pull the curtain back a little bit and share a little bit about, about you. And if you could share just some, some um, advice for aspiring coaches or young football players who are here in San Antonio, there's a lot of, you know, high school uh, football players that make their way through here. We have the UTSA folks here in town as well. You bet. And, uh, you know, someone with your experience, um, I think it would it would mean a lot for them just to just kind of hear from you. What are some of the things um, that you feel you could share with them if they want to pursue a career in, pro- in professional football?
3: Well, I, I, they learn all those things. The reason they get to professional football is because they learn to work hard. mm mm-hmm. um, you know, hard work pays off in anything you do. Um, you know, you have to have a certain amount of, amount of talent, but uh, you know, I've been around uh, a lot of great ones, and uh, every great one I, you know, I coach Reggie White, Bruce Smith, uh, on and on, Vaughn Miller, guy named J uh, J Watt, J J Watt, uh, Aaron Donald. You know, so. Uh, all those guys had great ability, but um, they they had something extra, you know, and, and we call it hard or whatever, but uh, they worked hard at what they did, and um, hard work will get you a, a long ways, and even if you don't have as much talent as they do, you, you can... And then, also, I look for smart players. Smart players get better, you know, and and I talk about it a lot, and, and coaching-wise, I talk about it a lot with the players as being a good person. You know, I want them to be a good football player, obviously. But I think uh, we owe it to society and them to get across that, hey, you know, uh, treating people right is is important in life. And, and if they can learn that, uh, I've done a good job there. Uh, maybe we don't win that game because of it, but but I think it's important. So uh, I, I've always, uh, coaching-wise, try to be yourself. Uh, you know, you know, ha- half the people want to, want you to be a hard ass. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that may that's a football coach that you're hollering at people all the time. Uh, if that was my personality, well, that'd be fine. But uh, really, what you want them to do is get get the best out of them. Yeah. And um, there's lots of ways to do that. And fortunately for me, a lot of them think I'm a good coach when I come in because I've got a lot of experience and I've had yeah. a lot of success. So they listen and it's easier to, you know, it's it's harder for a younger coach um, to get over some of the things I get over mm-hmm. just because they believe what you say to start with. Sure. Uh, but you still have to be honest with them and you have to let them know what's going on correctly. Uh, so they understand that you 're uh, truthful with them and yeah. and they can spot a you know they, can, they coach the players' people can spot a phony you know, mm-hmm. that 's trying to be some trying to be a coach and, and he doesn 't coach that way
2: yeah you know so uh, you know, I, I gotta say, with that response, I feel very confident. The Brahmas are in great hands. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. <laughs> that was great. Well, think about this,
1: guys. All those names of players you listed off: Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt. Go down your checklist. Von Miller, Defensive Players of the Year in the NFL. This guy coached them. You know, yeah, so absolutely. It's interesting too because you obviously in high school you were a star quarterback. So you were on the offensive side of the ball.
3: I don't know about star. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I heard uh, Laurie told me you were oh, the best player in the state at that time.
3: No, I uh, I was the middle linebacker playing quarterback. I see. So yeah. I played both ways. Um, and uh, I didn't get to play until my senior year because we moved every year. And in Texas at that time, you were ineligible to play if you had moved the year before. So I for moved for my, those
1: who don't know, his dad, Bum Phillips, yeah. of course, yeah.
3: Yeah, so my sophomore year I didn't get to play on the varsity, and then my junior year I didn't get to play on the varsity. So now the uh, the junior varsity guys call me junior varsity All-American because <laughs> cause, cause I should have been playing. I mean, I was good enough to play on the varsity at in, in those years, but, you know, I'd score four or five touchdowns a game and and kill everybody on the on defense side. So, I mean, I just uh, – I actually know what those guys with J.J. J. Watson and people like that know what they felt like playing college football. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just playing junior varsity, and I was, <laughs> I was better than everybody. But once I got to high school, uh, I was a pretty good middle linebacker and ended up starting three years at the University of Houston mm-hmm. playing linebacker, so.
1: So, I was curious where you where the defensive side of it, it you know when you're when you have your life journey and and, and all those different kind of things it's, you're so known for your defense but uh, well,
3: my dad was a defensive coach no mm-hmm. you now my son
1: your son with the vikings like
3: yeah he's the offensive coordinator with the vikings where did he go wrong that's what what, happened to that's that? what, I, that's what I keep asking my wife i mean what what happened to this kid so.
2: well coach uh any big memories what what would you say is your biggest memory? Um, on the football field that stands out when people ask you that question?
3: Oh, well, uh, there's a lot of great memories, but usually winning memories, you know, of things that happen. I, I, and you mentioned Gary Kubiak, mm-hmm. but uh, when we when we won the Super Bowl, we were winning the Super Bowl uh, with the Broncos, uh, playing the Panthers. It was the end of the game, and we had it won. And uh, Gary came over to me, and he kind of put his hand on my head and said, "Your dad would really be proud." Oh man! Oh wow! And that was a that was a special moment for me. Yeah. Because uh, I know he would have, but you know he'd been he'd passed away several years before. No. Yeah.
1: Wow. That that reminds me, Mike Renfro was in bounds. So every time I think about the, the Oilers and bum oh, yeah. And Bumb, uh, just, it irritates the heck out of me coach I tell you what we are so thankful that you're in San Antonio we're so thankful that you've taken over the Brahmas we're, we're glad the Brahmas are back I'll you bet me we, too we've had, a, we've had a complicated history with, with pro football in this town and it's just wonderful to see uh, not only the Brahmas back but with, with you at the helm it's going to be so much fun can't yep. believe it we're almost spring yep. that's Wade Phillips this is Remember the Alamo Dome podcast thank you everybody for joining us thanks for coming on coach Thank you, Coach.
3: All right. Thank you, guys.
0: Epic moments require epic venues. This Remember the Alamo Dome podcast is produced and edited by Tito Caballero in association with Richard Oliver and Chris Flores. Executive producers include Steve Zito, Michael Flores, and Jeffrey Shabon. Sound engineering provided by Giovanni Shinaba and Ben Sturgis. Graphic design by Rick Garcia and Lindsay Mora and video editor Chris Flores Eat Migos Creations. A special thank you to our Alamo Dome sponsors, H-E-B, Pepsi, and G5 Signage. Download save and share. Remember the Alamo Dome.